Because we live in a vibrational universe, you can find your vibrational equivalent in just about everything in existence. In the video that I did on spirit animals, I explained that you don't only have spirit animals, you also have spirit minerals and spirit plants. These tend to be the special relationships that Earth-based shamanism finds to be the most important for a person's spiritual path. The reason is, is because they represent three distinct elemental kingdoms. For that reason, having said all that, today we are going to dive into the concept of spirit plants. You probably clicked on this episode imagining that I would talk about plants where most people use their medicinal properties to access spiritual dimensions. Things like ayahuasca, things like peyote, things like tobacco. Now, while I will be touching a tiny bit on these types of medicines, that's not actually what this episode is about. To say that something is a spirit plant doesn't necessarily imply that it is being used for spiritual journey work. If something is said to be your spirit plant, it is your plant equivalent. It is you represented in the plant kingdom. <laughs> it's a plant whose vibration is the most identical to your own unique and authentic essence. The plant possesses traits, qualities, that mirror your innate inborn traits, qualities, needs, desires, purposes, strengths, and weaknesses, etc. Very rarely, especially if there is a distinct split between a person's physical and non-physical embodiment, a person can have two spirit equivalents in a category. Now, I have to say this. Why? Because I actually have two spirit plants. The first is Datura stramonium. The second is the red climbing rose. That being said, because somebody might have two spirit plants, or two spirit minerals, or whatever, even what those spirit minerals are does not actually mean that it's any more special than somebody else's. Now, I know that even saying that, it's not going to make sense to the human mind, but that has to be said. For example, the fact that one person has an oak tree for a spirit plant and another has celery for a spirit plant doesn't inherently mean anything less special about the person whose spirit plant is celery. But inherent in this example, you can already see where the shadow relative to actually finding your spirit plant resides. There are obviously some spirit plants you don't want to have, and that's not because of the plant itself. It's actually because of your ignorance about the plant itself, and the stock you've put in human value systems. Over the course of human history, just like minerals, just like animals, humans have had a very special relationship with the plant kingdom. The vast majority of our actual medicines are derived from plants still to this day. Humans ascribe more value to some plants than others. For example, we value things like cannabis or roses, but not as much dyer's woad, weed, or ryegrass. This, on top of a seriously limited knowledge of the sheer amount of different plants there are on the planet, make it hard for people to accurately identify their spirit plant. People also have totem plants. Now, this totem plant is a friend. It's a balancer. It's a protector. It's a guide. It's that thing that assists them, rather than being their representative in the plant kingdom. Of all totems on the planet, in every category you can have totems in, people seem to have the most plant totems. I have never met a person with just one. For example, my principal totem plant is the corkscrew willow, but I have several other, let's call them more minor totems. Pennyroyal, pomegranate, chamomile, sumac, huckleberry, golden daylily, 
milkweed, and foxtail grass. There is another plant that is of significance to all people. It is the shadow plant. This is another shadow totem, but shadow plant, yet again, makes it easier. So, what is your shadow plant? It is a plant who vibrates at the frequency of, of what is the most denied, disallowed, and rejected, and disowned within yourself. Right now, I'm very tempted to make a joke and to tell you all that my um, shadow plant is cilantro, because I hate it. I actually like the consciousness of cilantro, but the physical taste of it could make me reject an entire plate of food. But it's not. My shadow totem plant is bindweed. As I've said in previous episodes, in indigenous cultures, everything in existence is said to possess a certain medicine. Now, the reason they call it medicine is because it is something about it that assists the greater universe, or others. This medicine may or may not also extend to the physical plane of existence, and this is something that we see intensely in the plant world. Why? Because willow, for example, has a great many characteristics about it that apply to a more non-physical plane of assistance. Its medicine is towards peace, towards relief, towards tranquility. However, the physical properties of willow is also used for pain relief. For example, aspirin is made from willow. But even plants that don't possess what a scientist would consider a healing property still possess intense medicine. One does not grind up and eat beech trees. The frequency of beech trees teach tolerance and non-reactivity to criticism. This is said to be its medicine. For this reason, beech and its medicine is revered as sacred. If you suffer from narrow perspective in terms of the greater universe at large, if you're limited to the physical dimension, you may benefit by salvia medicine. However, if you are somebody who possesses this clairvoyance, shall we call it, you may be said to be strong in salvia medicine. Again, all plants have medicine. All plants have a spirit, and that spirit is their strongest medicine. Many plant spirits, like animal spirits and mineral spirits, are teachers and healers and leaders. This medicine they possess can include physical elements that even scientifically-minded people already recognize as medicinal. When people in the spiritual field ingest psychoactive plants, what this is actually enabling them to do is to break beyond the confines of physical perception. It is opening them to a plane of existence where they can actually interact with the spirit and consciousness of the specific plant that they themselves have just ingested. This is why it's so common, once you've taken a psychedelic plant, to meet and be taught by and even led through journey work by the specific consciousness of the very specific plant that you have taken. It's not that only these plants have medicine and consciousness. It's not that only these plants are teachers. What it is is that these specific plants are particularly concerned with human consciousness. It is that their medicine, their life purpose (laughs) on the planet of many is specifically geared towards human consciousness. They are teachers. Most of them are interested in teaching very specific things to people as well. But I need to say this, especially for spiritual people, because in this non-physical plane that many of these plants get you to, it is just as possible to talk to the consciousness of a raspberry as it is to talk to the consciousness of Yahweh. 
Let's talk about the plant consciousness as an element in your life. The plant element of consciousness carries the frequency of growth, need, desire, yearning, transformation, improvement, expansion and change, learning, attraction, healing, germination, nourishment, progression, evolution, new manifestation, and harmonization. Many aspects of life test our growth, our capacity to harmonize, our desires and needs, and our transformation. Your spirit plant can be used in order to master this level of existence and personal progression. Okay, so yet again, like I've said in the previous episodes, even though we are in the practice of integration, that means that eventually we want to master all medicines. That means every plant. Still, you have come in as a singular embodiment for a very specific purpose. Therefore, integrating your spirit plant is self-actualization. Your spirit plant is the expression of your own consciousness. It is the expression of your own essence. It is your plant of authenticity, as it were. It holds the specific medicine you came here to share with the world. Inherent in its blueprint is a blueprint for your own life path, as well as how you are meant to help others grow, expand, heal, transform, improve, be nourished, and harmonize. Studying your spirit plant will help you to know yourself and your life path. Now we all know, especially if you've been watching my videos, that a person's personality is not necessarily an exact reflection of their essence. In fact, it rarely is. This makes it pretty difficult for people to identify their own spirit plant. Also, if you've got patterns of self-hate within you, you're likely to feel resistant towards your own spirit plant. And also, you're unlikely to find your own spirit plant because many people simply have plants they want it to be and plants they definitely don't want it to be. So what are you supposed to do if your spirit plant is something like poison ivy or something like a weed? Now, in the greater universe, that's considered amazing. That consciousness is valuable. Just because a human being says it isn't, doesn't mean it isn't. However, you are going to run up against your own dislike for certain plants and your own need for your plant to be significant. Like I've said before, somebody who has the capacity to perceive beyond the normal range of senses can tell you what your spirit plant is, the same way that a conductor can tell you whether the pitch and key of one instrument is exactly the same as another instrument. <sighs> that being said, I don't want you to run out and try to find these people, including me, because people do not assimilate information or truths about themselves when it is just handed to them. It has to be uniquely a personal experience. It is much more powerful to find your spirit plant in journey work ceremonies, rituals, meditations, and or dream states. And like I keep saying, it would be very beneficial for you to understand that you do not choose your spirit plant, your spirit plant chooses you. Now, obviously, because this plant is your representative in the plant kingdom, you're a vibrational match to it, aren't you? This means it's probably going to show up in your life whether you notice it or not, and this means it's very important to be in the state of observation. Now, you don't have to be passive about this process. Like I said, any time you broadcast forth an asking of the universe, all people, places, circumstances, and events begin to come to you. Therefore, I would suggest you set the intention very strongly to know what your spirit plant is, and then stay very, very open. What do you do once you've found your spirit plant? Learn everything you can about it. What traits do you associate with this plant? Discover the perspectives of other people and cultures about the medicine this plant possesses. Spend time around this plant. See into this plant. 
feel into it and listen to it, come to understand it, meditate with this plant in mind, take note of this plant's weaknesses and see them in yourself, take note of its strengths and find and express them in yourself, surround yourself with things that remind you of this plant and proudly represent it. Do the same thing with your shadow plant and totem plants. Call the energy of this plant to awaken inside you, feel it inside yourself always. Own this medicine as your medicine and share it with the world, the medicine inherent in your spirit plant. <laughs>